Hey world, it's your host Marshall. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Run On Thoughts. Here, we talk about everything and nothing because we are not afraid to be all of ourselves even as we evolve. And that's my thought for my fellow thought thinkers as we unpack our traumas, past hurts, and other BS. Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Thought Thinkers, today we have a very, very, very special guest with us. Today we have Tristan Marsh, a licensed mental health therapist and motivational speaker, CEO of Marsh Mental Health. She is our first professional and she is a therapist for the culture. Everyone, welcome Tristan Marsh. Yeah, this is the best introductory I ever had. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so very welcome and worth it. Thank you. I love it. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to start talking about this self-love, self-care, self-awareness. Exactly, because today's topic is self-love, practice it, right? So many people I see out in the world, I think they have a misconception about what self-love is. They think it's just toes and facials. And it's not, it's bigger. So when I, I've been following you on social media for a long time, but we also met each other in real life. It was a special meeting a long time ago. I'm thinking that the universe decided that we would meet in the future, right? Because there was really no purpose for us to meet then. I don't even think we have to go into the why, but the what is that we became two remarkable women. I'm not humble and I don't need you to be either. But, um, <laughs> right? We don't have to be humble, but here we are now, and you are a professional therapist. And I want you to take us on a journey of um, what self love is, some ways for us to practice it, and some things that we do wrong, and maybe some tips and tricks on some things that, especially women, that we can do to help ourselves be in a state of practicing self love, self care, and exactly what that looks like. Absolutely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually go back all the way to birth. Right? Oh, and we're going to talk about self-soothing. So the first thing we do when we see a baby cry, what do we do? We go and pick up the baby and try to stop the baby from crying, right? Okay. And that's our main goal as people. Like, to stop the baby from crying and figure out why the baby is crying. Yes. And at that point, we are no longer allowing this baby to self-soothe. Now, granted, if something is wrong, you got to address whatever's wrong. You know, hungry, sleepy wet diaper, whatever the case may be. Yes. I was really, really big on my child learning how to soothe herself and not looking for external factors to soothe her. Right? Oh. So we have to be mindful of that at an early age because a lot of people don't have the ability to self-soothe because they're so acclimated to other people soothing their feelings and their emotions for them. Got it. So and, when they, and when they don't have that, they then turn to some things like sex, drugs, you know, or they enmesh themselves in other things like their work. So it's highly important to learn one to self-soothe. And that comes from an early age. I never even realized that. I never thought about the fact that, you know, if you don't know how to take care of yourself, you are always seeking outside validation. Is that correct? Absolutely. And then on mm. the other hand, it's like, how can your mate begin to soothe you mm. if they don't, if you don't know how to soothe yourself, you can't teach someone how to soothe you. You can't even, if you don't know that yourself. You're right. So we're in a constant circle jerk of looking for the very thing that we don't even know how to give ourselves. So we definitely can't tell somebody else how to give us the thing that the thing that we don't even know what the thing is. 
right about that girl you are right about that it's bad out here I definitely understand that I see a lot of parents raising children who are just obedient and then have a problem with why they don't know how to lead and use critical thinking skills to solve problems well, you didn't teach it exactly. to them. Absolutely. And understanding that that frontal lobe is still developing up until your early 20s. And we teach our children, I, I'm not always saying with my father, you have to be a thinker. You have to be able to use that executive function. Because that's a part of your problem solving. That's part of your decision making. That's part of you, again, being that self-aware and self-reflecting. Because it's so easy to put our feelings on other people as opposed to being accountable for our own feelings. Exactly. you are right. You are mad. Oh, I need to practice that for myself, but you're right. You are mad. And what is the thing that's in, because being mad means that something has triggered you, right? So if something Uh, has triggered me, that's something that's triggering is in me. There you go. And understanding Mm. that anger, mad, upset, those are secondary emotions, right? It's something that happened prior to that you felt. You go disappointed, hurt, whatever, prior to jumping to that. But if you're only displaying anger, then I can only address that anger. I can't address the disappointment. I can't address you feeling disrespected. I can't address you feeling left out. I can't address those feelings because all I see is anger. Mm-hmm. And we right. have to be mindful of this and how we display certain things. But a lot of times people don't even know that themselves because they don't have that self-reflection and that emotional intelligence to be able to tap into themselves. Like, well, why am I upset? And this goes back again to your childhood. Well, if you're only, you know, taught to be angry and happy, Two emotions and it's so right. I never even realized it. I thought that I, I mean I did realize it, but I didn't think about it, right? I didn't think about so much of our behaviors are not even just related to trauma, right? They're related to the rearing. Absolutely. And then understanding that, you know, it's a cultural thing. Yes. Understanding that you know, being raised in the United States is just different to being raised in other countries, right? Yes. And culturally, you're taught a certain way. Even from being in school, you're taught to, well, you're programmed to be a worker and not an entrepreneur, not a boss, but a worker. That's why you have these set hours that are very similar to nine to five. That's why you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom. That's why you have to ask, you know, like you are subservient to the teacher. And we teach our children these certain Traits subconsciously, not understanding that they're going to be applied across the board. You are right, across the board. And these are tools that we're sending them out into the world with. So either we've set them up with tools that help them succeed and be their best selves and hold themselves accountable, or we'll see what we see. And that is people, children, men, and women who just don't know how to, as you say, self soothe. My God, this is getting crazy. Yes. Like, it's just identifying, like you said, what triggered you. And the triggering is not a bad word per se. Like, we, we like to use these words like 
trigger and toxic and we like to throw them around willy-nilly but it's not necessarily a bad word to be triggered by something because something triggering you can also be a good thing it's post-traumatic stress and post-traumatic growth you could grow mm. from thinking trigger you you could grow from trauma but it's about your resiliency and how you view the situation Okay, I'm never, oh, this is good, girl. I'm so happy that you are here because you are also teaching me and giving me better tools on how to navigate as I try to help all of us the best way that I can through how I feel because that is why I wanted you to be on the show because most of what I share is out of love and it's based on how I feel. But for me, inviting you onto the show is about um, putting together how I feel and wrapping up in skill sets and real ways that we can all better ourselves with real tools. Absolutely. And it's imperative. And that's why everyone it starts with self. Like everything, whether it's self-reflection, self-awareness, self-regulation, all this starts with you. You have the tools within you to do it. You just have to take the time to sharpen those tools. And many times as, you know, human beings, we stop working on our emotional intelligence once we leave our parents' house. Mm. We now have no one making us accountable. And then when we get in a romantic setting and we have that accountability, most times it's like, well, you can't tell me what to do, or we shun it. Mm. Why is that? Because no one wants to, you know, be the bad guy at the end of the day. And, and I tell people all the time, like, everyone wants to change, but no one wants to change. Because so it changes the, the work. So it's just easier to blame other people because you don't want to do the work of, once again, the word self. And there you go. There you go. Wow. It is highly imperative for people to evolve. Like, it's people who are still functioning the same way, you know, that they did in their teens and twenties. And now they're, you know, 40 and 50. And it's like, you haven't really learned. But I also believe that metal sharp is metal. But when you have a tight circle around you that holds you accountable, I, I believe that as well, because even if you don't say anything to that circle out loud when you're with them, you are forced when you are alone. You just it's just like learning. You can't unlearn what you see, which is why it is so important for people like you who are therapists for the culture. The, and for me, the culture is the black community, right? At large, black and brown yep. people. Right. You teach us through being you. And that is so important. Representation is so important because one, we already have a lot of trauma. So we don't want to go to somebody who we already think doesn't understand what our plight is. And then, like you said, if we've been reinforced this idea of oppressed feelings and only anger and only happiness and no tools to try to unpack this thing, then we are growing up and becoming adults who don't have tools, but don't want to admit they don't want to have tools because you don't want to be embarrassed. Right. So everyone is aging, but no one is evolving. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Because you ever hear that saying that, you know, people will get wiser with age. And I'm like, well, that's not true. Exactly. Right. You'll get wiser with work. You have to do the work. You have to have learned the lessons. It's not necessarily that you went, because if you went through something and you're making a choice not to learn the lesson, when, where does the wisdom come from? Yes. 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 Cause you unpack it or people constantly who, what do we call those people who constantly just 
talk about their traumas, right? They just talk about the problem. They have no desire to fix it. They have no desire to actually do the application. You'd be like, so you don't want to do any work. You just like, are they benefiting in some way from just complaining? Well, it, it, um, it's based on an individual, but one thing I learned as far as a therapist is about, you know, situational leadership. Because Ooh. when you are a leader, you have to lead people in different dynamics and different realms and in different ways, right? Yes, so, yes. For example, I'll use my son as an example, right? My child is going into her senior year. My child is senior year of high school, and she is going into her third year of college in English, you know, math at the college campus, right? Yes. So I know she can do advanced math. I know she can do advanced statistics. I know she can do all that, right? Yes. Because I've seen her apply it, and I've seen her do it without my support. Yes. Now, when it comes to fine fish, I've never seen my child do it. Yes. Okay. a lot of hand-holding in that area. Got it. Which is important. Yes. I got what you're saying. So understanding understanding that it's not something, your leadership is not a blanket across the board. Because you might have to be a hand-holder in one area and very hands-off in another area. And it's the same person that you're leading. You are very right. When it comes to trauma, it's like that individual, you got to assess their comfort and their ability. Because sometimes it's like going to the gym. Sometimes the dream of wanting the perfect body can be so exciting yes. that it motivates you, but then in the same breath, it can be so overwhelming that it discourages you. Yes, that's me, right? That I said, I, I feel like I have so much discipline in so many areas of my life. Right. And I can't explain why I have this discipline. And I even looked it up like, okay, so yes, I can see the future in so many areas and I can see the win. But then there are other areas that I feel like I don't have any discipline in. And I'm like, what is going on? Especially relationships. Exactly. And that's that's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, right? Okay. So we are there are two types of motivation and it's very much applicable every individual and it's interchanging right yes but again it's based on what we're doing like if i'm going to get some money oh i have intrinsic motivation because my motivation is to go make this money <laughs> yes but when it comes to the gym i don't have intrinsic so intrinsic means that okay. i'm doing this task because i love this task and there's no other reward or punishment that's motivating me to do it perfect now extrinsic um is like, there's another reward or punishment, and that's the only reason I'm doing it, because I don't want to do this task. Got it. Okay. okay I'm going to revert back to my daughter, right? So yes. So, when it comes to doing the dishes, that's an extrinsic motivation. She's only doing the dishes because she wants to go hang out on the weekend. Yes. Not because she actually likes doing the dishes. Got it. But when it comes to go to the nail shop, that's an intrinsic motivation. She loves going to the nail shop. So I got what you're saying. motivated. Right. So our motivation fluctuates. And because as adults, we no longer have someone in our personal life rewarding us or punishing us for those things, our motivation is sometimes lacking in certain areas. Oh, that makes sense because I'm like, why do I like, it seems like I'm just so disciplined. I do this, I do this, I do this. But you're right. I really like those things or I like the reward that comes from those things. So it's just innate in me or it seems innate that you know, I am structured, I'm responsible, I'm this, that, and the third. And then in these other areas, like, I'm, like, hard on myself, like, trying to figure out, and I'm going, like, 
What is the problem? Why can't I just be equally as disciplined as I am over here as I am over there? Like, you know, I want to exercise more. I want to, I want the reward, but I don't really want to do the work. I think you have to exercise. There you go. And that's something I really had to teach my daughter. And I'm like, you want, you know, X, Y, and Z, but you don't want to work for it. And that's totally understandable because we're all the same way. Yes. Like, if that's, if that's just how it is, like, like I'll take, you know, Uber Eats or DoorDash. If we want this amazing meal. We don't want to cook it, though. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm willing to pay the fees. Like I'm willing to pay the fees that are astronomical just to have the meal yes. so that I don't have to cook. <laughs> yes. But you know what? Part of that is, and, and that's where that self-reflection comes in. But a lot of people don't know that because it's sometimes masked as, oh, you're being lazy. And it's not laziness. It's just lack of motivation. Yes. Well, how do we get motivated? Like, how do I get motivated? Or is it just discipline? Do I just say, I'm just going to do it and you don't got to like it? Yes. So you have to have some kind of attachment to that. So for me, again, I don't like working out. Yes. But I, I want to look good in my sundress. Yes. So that's my option to go to the gym. And then once I get in the routine, because understanding that just because it starts off as extrinsic doesn't mean it can't turn. Exactly. Because I keep hoping so, that it'll turn into, what's the word? Extrinsic? That's the bad one, right? Intrinsic, extrinsic. Got it. Intrinsic. I keep hoping that my extrinsic attachment to not working out turns into intrinsic. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, even when I remember when I first met you, right? I was going to school, I had my son, is this relationship? You know, (laughs) but (laughs) I was such a plain Jane because I was so focused on school and taking care of other people that I didn't even know how to make myself a priority. And it wasn't even until my son stepped in and was like, mommy, you need to like take care of yourself. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? And I didn't even realize. And then I be, I began to want to take care of myself. I began to want to do my hair, want to do facials, want to get my nails done. Like I made myself a priority and I began to enjoy it. And I also saw that my life changed, not with, with everything, right? Business. When I began to take care of myself, it was so crazy. I even began to attract a different type of man. There you go. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Because think about like this, like the stock market, right? Yes. The more you put into it, the higher stock is. Mm, that's it's the same concept with women, right? Yes, and individuals yes. in and of itself. Yes. Because the more you pour into yourself, it's a certain caliber of people who are not even going to approach you because they know just by looking at you, how you walk, how you talk, how you present yourself, they're like, yeah, she's not on that bullshit. Got it. Because I was like, what is going on? I had a guy who owned a bar one time. He walked up to me. He was like, what's different? And I was like, nothing. He was like, no, something is different. And then he just walked away, Tristan, and he was like, keep up the good work. There you go. Because confidence is something that you exude, right? And I think confidence is not loud, it's not cocky, it's not boisterous, it's not arrogant. But it's very subtle, and people are aware of that confidence, and they're drawn to that confidence. Exactly. All the time. But that confidence comes from, again, practicing. Because when you first started doing, you know, your hair, your nails, all that stuff, Yes, it did. When I started, yes, yes. When I started going shopping, I was in the store. Like 
I'm about to pay $50 for this sweater? Like, I was having almost anxiety attacks about taking care of myself. But I just realized that, well, I learned that taking care of other people who really didn't give a shit, that couldn't possibly help because all of the things that I was doing for other people, that didn't even manifest into gratitude and appreciation for the work that I was doing. So I might as well start taking care of myself and doing the things that I do for others for myself. But over time now, it's intrinsic. <laughs> uh, and there you go. And, and that's the goal, right? Yes. Is to make yourself a priority because the first law of nature is self-preservation. Yes. Yes. Even when you're on a plane, they tell you put your mask on before you help anybody else. Yes. And that's and hard that's for people to... to, get in the habit to. Yes, it's hard for people to acknowledge that idea. It's hard for some people, especially women, to feel like I have to take care of me first. But why is the idea of especially women taking care of themselves first seem to other people like we are being selfish? Because it's, it's a brainwashing mechanism, in my opinion, and I'll be honest with you, especially when it comes to mothers, right? Yes, yes. And, and the thing is, we, we don't teach them that it's a balance, that you can put yourself first and still have a banging-ass child and be an amazing mom and be an amazing woman. We don't teach that. We teach it's always an either-or. Yes. it's not the case. It's, it's about balance. Yes, I used to think it was either-or until I realized that not taking care of myself and telling my son to take care of himself was hypocritical, right? Because children don't yep. do what we say for the most they part. Do they see. do yeah, what yeah. they see, right? They Because they because they are seeing what's working for real. And if yep. you're not doing it, you just look crazy to them like, well, you don't take care of yourself, so why do I got to take care of myself? And I'm like, no, I want to send out into the world whole human beings who can critical, critically think. And, and that brings me to, you know, like I said, we're fast tracking. Yes. And it, it, we all have teenagers. I know I have a teenager. I have a teenage girl. Mm, but, but mm, mm. when I tell you that hair, that nails and lashes, she, she stays late, right? Yeah, she, she stays. stays she stays stuff. dipped from the head. When I see her, I be yes. like, you are intellectual and a badass. I love every second of it. And the funny thing is we, we teach these girls to on their appearance and not you know and it's like like I really had to get a one parent because you know the girls at that age are just so catty and it's horrible and one of the parents was like oh well my daughter her her my daughter would have a conflict talking to mom and she'd be just saying well my daughter feels like she's all that I was like absolutely she fucking does and she will continue to Exactly. Like, why is my daughter supposed to dim her light? Exactly. To make that doesn't else feel better. Word. That doesn't mean that she's gonna disrespect your daughter, but I am fly. I work hard and I play hard. And that should be the goal. There you go. And my thing is at the end of the day, my daughter's presence is felt when she walks into any room, as is mine, and I have no qualms about that. And it's not a presence in regards to trying to shit on people or be arrogant, but it's again the vibe I bring and the energy I bring because I am confident. Exactly. And, okay. and I don't give a fuck if I got crust on the side of my mouth and I got holes in my shoes and my sweatpants got bleach on them. I still exude confidence. Because that, my confidence isn't just about my physical appearance. That is the first thing that I noticed about you when I met you. And you know what's so crazy? I didn't envy it, but I wanted it. I don't know if I've ever even told you that. It was something no, you about you that I was like, wow, she's the shit. You were just standing there in all of yourself, 
and all of the right, wrong, yes, no, all of it, intellect, hood, just all of it. You are in all of these different boxes and you are unapologetic about these boxes. And there I was knowing that I fit into different boxes, but I was attempting to fit into one box for a relationship because I believed that that was what I was supposed to do. And you were that little window that said, come out. You don't have to live in this darkness. And I and I believe that that is why it was an immediate connection between us because, you know, I don't have a desire to, you know, envy women. women. I see them. I can see them in all of their beauty. And yes, there are things about them that you may want, but I don't want what's yours. There are things that right. I see that I want for myself and you are yes. the representation that says I can have it. There you go. And, and that and that's really all it is. And the bigger part in all that is what you said, like the right, the wrong, you know, and even on your flaws. Like, yo, like I'm not sitting here trying to hide my flaws. Like I had one home girl, I'm sitting here talking to her and she's like, Well, how are you so confident? Like you gain weight that I said, let me tell you something. One, I I have yet to meet a dude to say he ain't gonna have sex with me because I got a belly. Word. Have yet, okay? Yeah. And two, at the end of the day, like I know how to wear my weight. My yes, you do. Me. Word. Yeah. Like, I'm still the same. I'm still the same person. I'm still that nigga, even if I put on 20, 30 pounds, right? Yeah. Because again, my confidence is so much more than my physical appearance. Got and it. It's a full that, body you, experience, a full soul body, spirituality, it's so intellect. Yes. It's many, it's many boxes. It's many. I got what you're saying. Your frame is just one box. Beauty is one box, but I'm in the intellect box, the fly box, the cool box, the smart box. I'm in many boxes. So one box ain't full today. I got these other boxes. There you go. And that's how we are because we as women wear so many different hats. Yes. And we sh- we constantly pressure ourselves to strive to be 100% in all those boxes. And that's not real. That's not real at all. And then on top of that is I, I, I own my flaws where can't nobody recognize them against me. Mm-hmm. You Ooh. can't use my way against me. You can't use nothing that my downfalls and like, you can't use that against me because I, pay, I take power in those things. I understand that completely. When I tell people that I am all of myself, even as I evolve, it's because I know who I am. I don't need you or seek validation for who I am. I'm not trying to change you. I'm just trying to be the best me. And I don't have to apologize to nobody for being me. But why does that seem so hard? For so many people. And it's crazy because not only is it hard for people, but those same people who have difficulty standing in their truth hate you for standing in yours. Because people don't like to see other free people. Got it. Because they haven't done the work or have the tools to practice self-love. Right. And they might not even have the support. They might not have the community. They might not. It might be a whole trifecta of things. Preventing them from taking hold of because one thing I and I, I preach is my daughter. One thing, Mama ain't gonna be is miserable. Mama yes. might be broke. Mama might be fat. Mama might be tired, but Mama damn sure ain't gonna be miserable. Word. Because I I have the ability to change the trajectory of my life at any moment at any time, mm. and whatever I can't change, I also have the skills to accept it. Yes. And that's what something people don't understand. 
most people just acknowledge things, but they don't accept it. They acknowledge, you know, these bad things in their life or these, these obstacles in their life, but they don't accept it because they still are trying to change it. And if you're still trying to change something, that means you haven't accepted it. Word. You're right. just there, though. Mm, you're right. You're right. If you're still trying to change something, you haven't accepted it. It's so crazy. Even though we're talking about self-love, I realized that with relationships, right? I was having a conversation with someone and I told them that, you know, it is disrespectful to meet someone and you're trying to change them. It is disrespectful to them and it is disrespectful to you. And the reason why it's disrespectful is because either you accept someone as they are or not. Because if you are trying to change yeah. them, it actually speaks more about your level of self-love than them. You understand what I'm yes. saying? Because if I love me, I get to make a decision. I get to say, I accept you as you are or not. And yes. if not, I also get to decide to stay or go. Or go. And, right? And people have a hard time with that. It's like so many times women, I see us not able to leave because we're waiting for permission or we're waiting to be dumped. Girl. Yeah. And that's the thing is like you are you have to stop being a bystander or a mm. passenger in your relationship. You ain't and I'm, never I'm lied. really, really big on that. I'm super big on that because this is my relationship too. Exactly. Exactly. And understanding that, understanding that I also have control. And I had a young client because, you know, I have my mentoring group as well. Yes. And I have a young teenager and, you know, her and her boyfriend broke up and she's like boohoo crying on my phone. And up. she's telling me, and she's like, well, you know, I want this to change. This to change. I said, you want him to change all these things about him, baby girl. You don't want him. Exactly. You want the figment of your imagination. You want right. Hope you Street. You want something else. You yeah. don't want help because if you wanted him, you wouldn't want him to make all these changes for you. Exactly. Because then if he becomes those things, who is he? Exactly. He's just some build-a-boo that you don't create it. Build-a-boo! Like, and he's not even his true, he's not even his true self. And I tell people all the time, the issue becomes this. We have been brainwashed to think that certain titles have certain expectations. So if you are my best friend, I expect you to do this. If you're my boyfriend, I expect you to do that. Yes. If you are my mom and dad, I expect this from you, right? Not understanding that sometimes those people don't even know your expectations. Mm. They have no idea what your expectations are based on this title. You're but right. they're willingly taking on a title and they don't even know what you expect from them in this role. And also understanding that just because that's their title doesn't necessarily mean that's their role in your life. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. But you, that requires you to dissect your circle. Exactly. And stop trying to get you know people to conform to what you want, as opposed to accepting what it is. Like for me, like my parents didn't raise me, so my mom and dad is not my mom and dad. That's their title, but their their role was not that. The role of mom and dad went to my grandma and my grandpa. Oh, that's so crazy. My parents didn't raise me either. I don't even know if we've ever discussed that. We didn't, but look at that. Yeah, yeah, my parents, my mom died when I was eight years old of a drug overdose, and my dad was just doing his own thing. We repaired our relationship, but, you know, my aunt raised me. See? Yeah. And, and, and that, to me, and both my parents, you know, in the 80s in Washington, D.C., both my parents were going crack. Okay. They didn't raise me. Right? My, so, my mom died of crack. Crack. It was crack. And it, it, it's, <laughs> it's crazy, because that's the so rampant in the black community and yes. we, we just like we just stopped talking about it right? yeah we just stopped like, we talking about it and we're act, still, dealing with that. still dealing with it and as if we're not still dealing with it right exactly but I'm, for me my healing came from accepting the fact that that's their title but not their role and the sooner I accepted and made that shift 
it made that healing for me so much easier. Ooh, I definitely understand that. My healing came from accepting the fact that I am not my mother's keeper. Right. Her, her sins, wrongs, rights, weaknesses, they were her own. They do not belong to me. I do not have to walk with those. Those were her issues and I don't have to walk with her issues. Right. Like I tell people, I don't have daddy issues. My daddy had issues. There you go. And that's (laughs) such a powerful thing to say because we have to be mindful of that because we as women, let's be real, we're nurturers by nature. Right. So we will be quick to take on someone else's burden quick because we want to nurture yes and, and i tell women all the time let me tell you something you better get you a goddamn dog or go get a garden or something because we're not nurturing grown-ass men we're not nurturing grown-ass people no. we're not doing that because even if you even if a man lets you nurture him he doesn't respect you right he's at all and, you and become his love. mother it's not love you become his mother and then you mad when he leaves you to find a mate well you weren't a mate you were his mama Right, you were just there to lick and wound. Yeah, literally, literally, lick, lick, lick. <laughs> but we we have to again really dissect our culture and subcultural teachings. Like I said, I know for me in my twenties, that ride or die bullshit mm, got me in too much shit, and I had to sit by my tripping. You need to let that go because if you truly love yourself as you say you do, then you wouldn't blindly follow anybody. Blindly, girl. That's all I got. Is and blindly. you wouldn't even be associated with anyone who will put you in certain situations. I don't even want to talk about it because it's just, <laughs> it's just blindly. All I can say is blindly, and right, it was literally blindly. I am glad to literally. be. I am glad to be a woman of vision now because I was blind. Mm. But again, that comes from growth. And yes. I tell people this all the time, you know, and that's part of our flaws. And yeah. One thing I tell all, you know, my teenagers, because I, I'm, about to, I'm about to nerd out on you real quick, because I love X-Men comic books. I love X-Men cartoons. I love me some X-Men, right? <laughs> I watch all the movies. And one thing I had to explain to them is, like, when you first see the X-Men, you see these mutants. And what they try to do, they try to hide their mutation. They try to hide mm. these things. They try to fit into society. Yes. And then they get with Professor Xavier, and he's telling them, no, embrace your flaws. Embrace your mutism. Embrace it. And once they embrace it, that's when they realize that their mutism wasn't a flaw. It was actually a power. Exactly. Oh. Ooh. And it made them superheroes. And it's the same thing with every person. Once you embrace your flaws, because that strength that you haven't even begun to tap into is right behind that darkness that you keep trying to avoid. Wow. That was a good one. I was writing that down. Embrace your flaws. <laughs> I was like, if she can't hear me talking, it's because, girl, I didn't got the pen. I ain't never got the pen out. I, I took that seriously because I think that that is the very thing, even in our blackness, right? Part of the way racism has a hold on black people is that we are not embracing who we are. We first have to embrace ourselves and all of our skin tones and all of our hair textures and all of our glory and all of the stories that we have come from and embrace it. It's this idea of needing to fit into somebody else's box that's making you crazy, but we have to embrace it. Right, that's ethically, that's in regards to, you know, religion, and that's, that's going across the board when it comes to us as people, because there is this norm that is set, right? This yes. tone that is set. Yes. And we try to acquire that. So yes. So it's like, oh, if you don't have a degree, then it's like, no, 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 no. I got to come up with You live your life, because there's a lot of niggas who don't, with a lot of fucking degrees that make good money. 
You ain't and never lied. You ain't never lied. Or the worst, some that have degrees with no money. Right. They have degrees and they work in that footlocker. Yeah. They work in that footlocker, but you have a lot of debt from these degrees. A lot of debt. Yes. We we love to crack jokes about every goddamn thing. We're like, oh, look at that. Everything. everything. We judge everything. everything. I thought that was a form of trauma. It is. It oh, is. Oh. It keeps, it, 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 it uh, checks and balances. Yes. It keeps you from trying to rise above. How dare you eat healthy? What are you doing? Ex oh, it keeps us in our constant state of misery and trauma. You're right. You're talking white. Why are you talking white? How can I be talking white? I'm black. Right. So yeah. it's like those things are right. keeping us oppressed. Yes. And we've been subconsciously programmed to check ourselves. Ooh, that's it. That's what's going on. We've been subconsciously oppressed to check ourselves and keep ourselves in line and keep our there own heads bowed. Mm. There you go. And, yeah. and that goes all with slavery. When you, you see the slaves trying to run, and they're like, they try to talk them out of running. Don't run. You're going to get all of us in trouble. Don't run. Don't run. Like, no. Nah, everybody, what? You're right about that. I ain't never even thought about that, but I don't think about that more. But on a, what are some things that we can do to practice self-care? What would be your list of things that we can do, especially women? Because I really care about making sure that we stay whole and fly out here. Things that I live by. Right? Okay. Yes. One, the first and foremost is find some alone time. If you look at your, our day to day function, right? Yes. We are, we have so many distractions when we go to take a shit. We got our phone with us. Yes. When we in the car, we listen to the radio. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We we have all these distractions that we don't even have time to just listen to our own thoughts. Ooh. And that to me is the number one imperative factor. Is like sit in your thoughts. As ugly, as nasty, as beautiful, as crazy as they might drift off or whatever. Because I know when I start thinking, honey, I start meditating. I'm like, damn, did I leave the iron on? And I start drifting, and it's okay. Yes, okay. Just recognize your drift and come back. But make sure you have at least, at least five minutes undistracted time with your own thoughts. Perfect. Okay. That's first and foremost. I'm going to start Second doing that. All, I'm going to start absolutely. doing that. Today, once we get off this phone, I'm home alone. I am going to thank the universe for having you, and then I'm going to sit with myself. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Because if, if you can't sit in your own thoughts, how can you even begin to reflect on what's good for you? Because self care is so uniquely individualized because what works for me might not work for you. Exactly. Exactly. You are right about that but, because I spent well, a lot of time. Yeah, alone, but I never even thought about turning off all of the things. I'm thinking that because I'm alone, that I'm alone with my thoughts. But the truth is, I'm not alone because we live in this tech life. And you're right. If the TV's on or I'm on the phone or the music is on, that's not me yep. with me. That's me still with the world. So I am going there to turn go. it all off. Turn everything off, at least for five minutes. Okay. I'm going to start with five minutes. I am going to. I, and I really think I can do that. Because I'm not afraid to be in my own head. You know? I actually like it in there. Yeah, I like it in there. But that's because you made it pretty. You did the work. Yes. Yes, I dug up the dirt. It was a mess, right? I planted the flowers that I liked. I watched some die. Some came back to life. I learned a few lessons. You did Yes, I like the magic garden that's going on in my head. 
there you go. And yes. then, and that to me is something that, especially during COVID. Yes. Oh, like people didn't realize how much they did not like their house. They did not like their family. Mm. They did not like their job. And, and they didn't realize this because prior to COVID, yes. you were at work. And then by the time you get home from work, you probably spend an hour with your family. Everyone is just ripping and running. And then everyone goes to bed all over again. You don't live in your home. Mm. You just shower and shit there. Exactly. Just a place to go to bathe. Right. So your home is not even a comfortable place for you because you never took the time to make it comfortable because you never spent this much time there. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. I never even thought about that. When I see all the people talking about, I want to leave my man, I want to leave my woman. I didn't even know I didn't even like this dude. I'm like, what? But y'all been together for yeah. 10 years. And you're right. But y'all haven't been together. Exactly. Y'all haven't been around each other. Exactly. Exactly. The second thing is declutter your room. If you don't do any part of your house, declutter your room. I take that very seriously. My room is really beautiful, right? And in New York City, you know, everything is the size of a shoebox. It don't. It could be a $500,000 shoebox, a million-dollar shoebox. It's yeah. a shoebox. I don't care where you live at, it's a shoebox. When my sister comes here, she's like, I just don't understand the money attached to the shoebox. And I'm like, let it go. <laughs> she's just, let it go. I don't want to tell nobody the bills I pay, but let it go. But my room... I am very proud that even when I buy things, I let other things go. I give things away. Like I, at the beginning of COVID, I bought all of this hand sanitizer. Why do I have 50 bottles of hand sanitizer? I don't even understand that. But this week, I'm going to make seven bags. I'm going to go to the dollar store, right? And I'm going to put hand sanitizers in there, waters, socks, panties, um, um, sanitary pads and different things like and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this for 30 days I just do like seven a week I go to the dollar store family dollar and get some things and I make bags and that's just how I clean out I use that to clean out some of the clutter that I have because yeah. I got a problem with buying stuff yeah and that and people can say you always donate to homeless shelters and group homes don't always have to wait for will and stuff like that like you just ask Exactly. Not really yeah. The community, but I would also, I would like that. I would like to be attached. Although I'm one person and I don't have a lot, you know, what I do give, I would like, to, I would like to be attached to like maybe uh, a group home for girls and maybe uh -huh. like I commit to, you know, maybe once a year or it, or just whenever I have something that I'm giving it to a specific group of people or girls to help them. You know what I'm saying? Or even my resources, my brain. I really do need to do better with that because like I was telling you on the phone when we were chit-chatting yesterday, like I really like the behind the scenes. I don't really want yeah. to be in the front. I would love to help young women learn how to start a business. Like it's not that hard. Like, like we all got skills and resources and I want to be the resource. Do you know what you're with my girl? Yes. Because I definitely have guest speakers, and that's something I don't know. About. Like, I have two businesses, but that's something I don't know nothing about. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. You said that, you know, you are the money chaser and I really don't have a desire for that. And I used to be hard on myself because I thought that with all these skills, right, I'm supposed to want to do that, but I don't. I really just want to help us walk through. Now, we done got all of track. You, you was over here telling us about freaking <laughs> ways to self-love. So, so far you said that we have to 
be silent and be alone for at least five minutes with your own thoughts. And you said that we have to declutter our rooms. Absolutely. And set boundaries. Set, mm. set boundaries. And a lot of people think they know how to set boundaries, and they don't know how to set boundaries. What kind of people set boundaries when they are fed up? Right? Yes, yes. So now, they're, they're, now they're drained, they're pissed off, they're fed up. So now they're just lashing out and telling everyone no. Yes. But if you get, to the, get in the habit of setting some boundaries and putting yourself first, then you wouldn't get to the point of having resentment and anger. Yes. So people are using you and taking advantage of you because they can't do it unless you let them. That's a skill that I need to learn, right? I do not know how to set boundaries. I know how to become upset and give ultimatums. But that's not a boundary because once you set give an ultimatum, that's about the other person doing something so that I could do something. I should have the boundary set up already. So I really do have to work on that because I just get mad and be like, I'm done. But that's it didn't have yeah. to get there if I had learned how to set a boundary. There you go. There you go. And I have a friend that is so respectful of my boundaries. But she'll call me. And before she even starts calling me, she said, are you in the mental space to hear me then? Mm, that, and I appreciate that. That is a boundary for your ass. Because, because you know what? Like, I work with people all day. Yes. I don't do all that chit-chatting in my Me either. So I am going to start asking, I'm a, I'm going to require people now to ask me where I'm at if they requiring yeah. my help. Because if I'm not in the middle mental space, I can't take it. And I don't want to hear your shit today. Maybe once I get there a nap and something to eat, I can do it after. But you're right. She's making sure that you can receive her in love. There you go. Because at the end of the day, it's so easy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know about, I just had an argument with my daughter five minutes today. You don't know it. You know, if I'm upset or whatever's going on prior to you calling me. Yes. You even being that courteous. Yes. It's so important. And that makes me want to be there for you. So even if I can't be there for you in that moment because I am going to something. Yes. I will make it my business to call you back. Perfect. Same with me. So is there, so those are your top three things. You got anything else? Absolutely. Well, I, girl, I have a whole school thing, but that's where I think everyone needs to start. It's, it's taking that time to do some self-reflection and understanding that. Self-care is an individualized thing. So we, we preach about self-care. People think that means the bubble bath. Yes, and, yes. You know, reading a book. No, 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 no. It's much more than, like, for me, my self-care is going and playing in my garden. Oh, that is why I wanted to do this, right? Because I see so many people talk about self-care and I see them giving themselves a pedicure, right? Which is important, right? Because self-love, that's a part of it. But it is just a small part of it. There's so many other parts of your of your being that need to be taken care of. So I hope you listeners heard her say that we first have to spend time with ourselves because you, we, you can't even set boundaries if you don't know you or hear what's going on in your head and unwind and, and get the noise out. Right. So we got to get the noise out. We have to declutter and then we have to learn how to set boundaries. So with that, I'm going to say thank you to Tristan. You fucking rock. And around thank here we curse, you. so that's what it is. And I'm tired of talking to y'all. Bye.